Okay, episode 24 of the Bomber the Bam Tino. Yeah, I feel like you should take the lead. This is this number has your episode written all over it. Well, it is number 24. It's my my number because Tino wore it's the greatest number in the history of the world. <laughs> so, episode 24 of the Bomber Brothers podcast. Uh Sean here with Ryan, and uh, we're here to talk about the nothing going on in Yankee world except Manny Machado uh, coming to visit a little earlier than Santa Claus in the Bronx these days. That was good. You could, you can swoop in and take the lead. We can alternate I, from here on. I had pain in my chest the whole time I was doing it from all the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, Machado visited the Yankees, and his visit went about as like you said to me earlier today probably as long as this podcast will probably last he was there for an hour and a half um maybe exact- they just watched toy story <laughs> well hopefully they didn't show him the second one because then he's definitely not signing with with the yankees <laughs> but anyway so so what do you make of that just a 90 a 90 minute meeting i i well, I'm not going to try to act like I know anything. I have no idea what that means, whether it be positive or negative. I mean, it seems like a short amount of time to me, but he could also be getting dinner with them tonight for all I know. Who who knows? So well, what, are your, what are your thoughts on it? I don't uh, really read too much into the short meeting. I think, one, he knows the ballpark. I mean, he's played in the AL East the whole time. The Yankees have met with his agent beforehand, I believe. Um, I read online that CC was there, uh, to greet him. So that, that's a good sign that they brought CC in. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, I really, I really don't read too much into it. I, they probably, Hal probably had to Skype with him or whatever about his, his non hustling comments <laughs> that, that he wanted to talk to him about. And, um, then Hal probably just said, you know, I'd pay you, but I don't have any money. Um, and then that was it. Yeah, an hour and a half, that's probably enough time for Hal to question him about his hustling comments and then uh, go over the hair policy about the cornrow issue that would uh, possibly arise if Machado signed. That's part that you can't have cornrows either? <laughs> no idea. It seems like something stupid that they would implement. Just because we have a lot of, lot of time, as an aside, how do you feel about the Yankees' hair policy? I think it's stupid. I've, even when they were, t- even when the Syndergaard rumors were came up, I was like super excited, and I was like, "Oh man, like the poor guy's gonna have to cut his, cut his hair," which is just ridiculous. It completely takes. Well, actually, I was about to say it completely takes the Thor aspect away, but Thor cut his hair in Thor Ragnarok, which was by far the best Thor movie ever. So I guess it, I guess that's not a suitable example, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, you think about guys like, um, like what if McCutcheon still had his dreadlocks when he had signed with the Yankees? Like, why would he have to cut his hair? It's a, it doesn't say anything about his character, which is, you know, things that Yankee fans seem to cling to. Oh, the Yankees should have the most class and the best character, even though there's decades of examples that Yankees greats have not had the best character, but it's okay because we're well-groomed. Well, Chad Curtis was the Yankee, so we lose all credibility. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. That's it. So, well, so well, do you disagree? Uh, no i i I wouldn't want. I don't like the guy, like the huge, like Archie Bradley kind of thing going on. Um, like the huge, thick, like like humongous, like Boston Red Sox 2013 beards. That's kind of obnoxious. 
But, I mean, if players want to grow them, just let them grow them. Who cares? Like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean, like, the fans wouldn't get into it and stuff. And if the players like it, then whatever. And, like, I don't know. Like, McCutcheon shouldn't have had, you know, you don't you shouldn't have to shave your dread, dreadlocks off just because you become a Yankee. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, bro, I mean, there was the mustache craze, you know, in Giambi's later days. And they threw up pictures on the scoreboard of every Yankee with mustaches and I just don't know why that's allowed, but you can't have a beard. Yeah, it can't be below the lip, even though I think uh, Thurman, Thurman tested that a couple times. and Mattingly, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I told him two, to trim those captains. sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so back to, back to Machado. Um, I mean, there, there's really not much else to report. He met with the White Sox uh, Monday. He will meet with the Phillies tomorrow. Those seem to be the the three teams in on him and and I don't know about you I've just been kind of numb to the fact that he was meeting this whole day I mean you had the predictable picture of him on the jumbotron and pinstripes but I I just feel like the Yankees actions of late just have me so preparing for the worst hoping for the best but my expectations about the Yankees actually making an offer to Machado that would cause him to pick the Yankees my my hopes of that are at pretty much zero based on how the Yankees have been operating in recent weeks, months, even years. Yeah, I, uh, you know, somebody posted today some old MLB trade rumors or signing rumors and, you know, Scherzer to the Yankees was one of them. And I'm just looking at that and like, you know, crying. What could have been. Yeah, what could have been. And I feel like this is going to be an offseason where if the Yankees don't make that move, it's going to be like that again i mean even if you give him 10 year deal he's only going to be what 36 36 it's not even (laughs) it's nothing it's not even bad and and people just sorry i don't mean to cut you off but this is something that's been bothering me all day because i've I've been on social media at work it was a slow day at work so i'm i'm looking at people's comments when it's a fast day (laughs) i'm looking at people's comments and just every time someone brings up a long seven to ten year deal everyone immediately starts talking about oh how's that contract going to look in the last three years who cares like look how it's going to look in the first five to seven years that's what you're paying the guy for it's i mean at at the end of those contracts who cares if their production is dropping off after you have him for his prime right the time the time to win is right now the you know they could worry about later later i mean um one of the things that I think the Yankees are maybe overlooking is the fact that they keep skipping on free agency to save money and saying, okay, we'll get guys at the deadline, right? And I know I brought this up last week, but I mean, they've traded all of their first round picks going back to 2014 now or 16 or something like that. Every, uh, some, they've traded a lot of their first round picks. The, the farm will dry up eventually. I know we, you know, excuse me, we talk about the baby bombers and all that. Well, there's guys that are here and then they're trading off everybody else. You need to spend some money so you don't start having those ship off assets get the guys now when all you have to give up for them is money, not, not your prospects. I mean, they make more money than, than, than any team in the league. They, they should act like it. I mean, you know, Joel Sherman had a good article today in the post. He, he said that there's some detractors playing in New York and, and guys like Carl Pavano and Sonny Gray couldn't handle New York. But then the thing that gives you an advantage in New York is that you're going to have the, that financial might. So the Yankees should use that because 
I mean, there's things about this city that, that are detractor in, in terms of pressure and things like that. But when you find your guy that you think can come here and can thrive here and can win a championship here, use that financial muscle and go out and get him. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, Machado or Harper. I mean, we haven't really talked about Harper because of Cashman's comments about them not being in on Harper for reasons such as an old Brett Gardner and and other things that don't seem to make much sense. But e- either one of those guys. I mean, um, you know, Saris of the Athletic did uh, a good piece yesterday on pr- trying to predict which which player would age better with their with a ten year deal, and it seemed like Harper had the slight edge. So, you know, I don't care which one they pick they're both a generational town who will completely alter the landscape of contention in the american league so so get one of them for because like you said the, the window is now that it's, it's not 2016 anymore and the farm system is not what it once was i'm given how the yankees have been able to develop talent recently i have faith that they'll dra- draft far much better than they used to and that their farm system is sustainable in years to come but in terms of right now those triple a double a prospects it's not nearly as stacked as it was before uh you know the trades for sunny gray and um and uh paxton and etc etc and and promotions to torres and andujar so the, the the place to stack your team is is free agency it like you said it doesn't cost anything except money you're not losing any talent you're simply gaining it the yankees have an infield need with gregorius hurt and it just it just baffles me that the yankees seem so reluctant to sign a player who would fit an immediate need and just so happens to be one of the best players in the league at that position yeah i i don't understand it it it, i mean i i I like Harper, but Machado's the right the right guy to go get right now. I mean, he just he he fits what they need in terms terms of of a reliable glove in the infield. Which, I mean, I think we need to talk about Andahar in a little bit, but it, it gives you so much so much flexibility if you if you go out and and get Machado and, and what you can do long term. And you know, I know everybody's concerned about giving a guy an infielder a 10-year deal but he's only going to be 36 i mean here here's here's a rod's ops's from age 30 to 36 914 1067 965 yeah, there's no reason to shy away for, for for a deal that takes a guy till he's 36 uh, a deal that's going to take a guy till he's 40 42 yeah run run like hell away from that but i would do i would do 11 years if he wanted 11 maybe even 12 um but but there's no reason not to i mean there there's an obvious need with with dd down right now and i i mean here's the thing if the yankees are 100 percent sure that anduhar is going to be able to become a better defensive third baseman then okay i get it but then go out and get harper but you know the yankees damn well aren't sure that there's already stories that they're floating him in trade talks and aggressively trying to move him so if you're trying to move andahar then what are you going to be doing at third base should be manny machado but i'm fully prepared to hear about the news that they signed mike moustakis to a one-year six 
million dollar deal or something like that. But um, but no, I I totally agree. It's it's for me, it's Machado or bust, and everyone who hears these who recoils at these 10-year contracts is like oh a-rod a-rod well the first 10-year contract a-rod signed how can anyone call that a failure given his production from when he went to the rangers to his first few years with the yankees and then the second part of that contract of course there was a significant drop at the end but you know part of the second phase of that contract was him leading the yankees to a world series and i feel like that's where you know we you know we grew up in the heyday of the Yankees dynasty and them winning every year and it kind of like spoiled fans in in a way because god forbid big contracts like CC and A-Rod only lead the Yankees to one world series it's somehow seen as a failure yeah i, I mean i agree and, and I, I mean i don't think you could say that the Yankees only won one world series because of the the contract spree that you know that they went on there were pitcher like circumstances in 2011 with the rotation and 2012 robinson cano forgot how to hit in the postseason and you know that that's that happens, happened but, yeah that happens but the the problem is like you can't look at it that way you just have to look at it as with the resources available to you did you put yourself in the best possible position to win because crazy stuff happens but everybody's trying to win it's baseball it's hard crazy stuff happens but i mean they had the opportunity to go out and get Justin Verlander, and they went and they got Sonny Gray. They didn't put themselves in the best – you know, you could say, well, at the time, how would you know? But, you know, whatever. But, I, I mean, if you go and you just – you kind of take, like, these half measures and get, get these guys who they say, oh, well, you know, we think for, like, a year or two he's actually going to profile well in Yankee Stadium and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, you're you're going to be regretting not going out and getting the big guns that could have gotten you over the top, over the Red Sox in the division, and putting you in a better position to win the World Series. Yeah, well, I think this. I mean, there's really not much else to talk about nowadays because nothing else is going on. But I mean, the Machado horse, whether it be on this podcast or in the media or on you know whatever yankees talk forum you want to mention that machado horse is being beaten to death until a decision is made there's some in the corner that you know for reasons like not hustling or whatever is that he shouldn't be yankee and then others pointing out the obvious statistical proof that he's a franchise changing player and that the yankees absolutely should go after him and i guess we'll have to see what happens there if anything. i i i agree he he's He's a great player. Numbers don't lie. Does what happened in October annoy me? Yeah, uh, it it annoys me. He, I wouldn't go out and run and buy a Manny Machado jersey if he signed with the Yankees, just because he kind of pisses me off as as a ball player. So he'd have to grow on me. It's not like when the Yankees went out and got Stanton, and I was like, all right, and, and like I know we got each other jerseys for Christmas. But um, regardless. Um, we got a lot bigger problems than a guy that doesn't hustle and uh, clip the guy with his cleat on, on the team. And we're still Yankee fans. And, you know, we, you know, I like Harper. I would like to watch Harper more, but Harper is not the player. Manny Machado is the Yankee should get the best player available. That's Manny Machado. And that's the end of the story. End of story. So you brought up Andujar, a um, couple interesting developments there with some recent deep back to back athletic articles on, on, yeah, uh, you had you had Saris uh, doing some research on how um, third baseman 
like Andujar fare over the rest of their careers and learn that, unfortunately, they don't seem to get too much better. A lot of them, in fact, just move to different positions. And then you had Lindsey Adler's um, posts about Andujar's work ethic and Adrian Beltre reaching out to uh, help him. And I don't think anyone could possibly question Andujar's work ethic. I, I think... You know, any game I went to, including the wild card game, when I got there at three o'clock, and first thing I see is him taking ground balls at third base. He's always, he's always been a workhorse. It's just the fact that maybe he just doesn't have a lot of range, and he's got that crippling double clutch before he makes the throw over to first, and it just doesn't help his defensive numbers. And you know, now you hear that the Indians, despite shedding some payroll money are still in discussions with other teams about trevor bauer so then the question arises do you still try to make a move like that and um and go after a guy like Corey kluber at the expense of Andujar? yeah i mean i you know the articles when you ever read an article like that you feel bad for a kid because obviously you know he's what 24 years old i think he just turned 24 yeah you know talking about getting traded from the Yankees after he had you know such a good year but at the same time even though I do like him it's kind of like the reverse of Manny Machado I really like Andrew Hart but I also know I think I feel like he's not going to be a great major league player because he's going to have the defense problems follow him around and maybe that uh maybe that chase chase rate follow him around but if they can get a player that impacts them in any way whether it be an elite left fielder um, you know, a top of the rotation kind of guy, or even a couple bullpen pieces where you don't, you know, where, where that helps the roster, then, then yeah, I honestly go out and get him and move Andujar and, and sign uh, Manny Machado because that's what would be better for the shot at winning championship. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week, but it's hard to imagine his value being any higher than it is right now coming off a rookie of the year caliber season like last year he was a, a monster at the plate his his plate coverage is is great when he makes contact just sometimes he chases a little bit too much out of the zone and i mean what more can you say about the fielding struggles they were really glaring sometimes in critical moments in ball games i mean i think it says enough that boone would take him out of the lineup after the sixth inning in playoff games and then didn't yeah. even have him in the starting lineup in game four when the ground ball happy cc was on the mound and that's a concern because you have pitchers like cc still on the roster and tanaka guys that kind of live off the ground ball so that definitely becomes an issue especially when you don't have a great defender at shortstop in Didi to help you on the left side of the infield yeah that's then you know torres definitely looked shaky there last year so that's that's also an interesting way to go and seeing seeing what happens there um but yeah i mean it's kind of like i don't want to say it's a sad situation because i still think you know he'll be a major league player maybe just he's not going to be manny machado and that's nothing to be beat yourself up over but we'll see what happens um i mean i i don't know do, do you what kind of move would you see them making if they are going to move on from andrew and honestly if they sign manny machado does that mean they have to move on from andrew could they try him in left or at first base or even dh him and play stanton in left i mean because you know cashman talks about all these left fielders he has well i don't know who they are because we talked about this last week brett gardner is is slipping down to replacement level territory and um 
nobody else has played like many major league games over the last two years. Yeah, I, I think I think you trade Andujar if it means getting a top flight starter like Kluber. I mean, I feel like a dream scenario for me would be to sign Machado and then make a deal involving Andujar for a guy like Kluber. I think that would immediately put the Yankees as World Series favorites um, and put them in the best position to win in the playoffs. Now, if, if you were to keep Andujar and, and go that route and try to put him at a different position, even if you sign Machado, I mean, maybe that opens up um, some flexibility to DH Andujar. And I don't know. I just don't know how much the Yankees want stand in left field. There's so much more ground to cover than right field. And right field is Aaron Judge's position, and he's not going anywhere. And maybe they have some durability concerns with Stan, although his injuries have been pretty fluky over his early years. And um, and first base is just so complicated right now, I feel like. You have no idea what to expect from Bird. I mean, I think you even heard some comments that Bird could even start the season in AAA. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I can't blame them if they <laughs> want to do that. And then, you know, Luke Voigt is, could he possibly have anything like a repeat performance of what he did down the stretch last year i i would say no of course i'd love to be proven wrong there's not nearly enough evidence for me to say that it you know will or won't happen but so first base is a little complicated that could become a problematic position for the yankees if they don't get production from there so i don't know maybe if the yankees sign machado then you do have Andujar DH for a little bit and and see how much his plate discipline improves if he doesn't have to worry about fielding that day and you know all the while try to groom him at first base a little bit and hope it goes better than the A Rod experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to if they if they don't get a bona fide offer for him, I wouldn't be opposed to you go opening day with Machado at short and um, Andujar at third and, and see how that shakes out for a little while and then once Didi comes back then you make that move of of putting um putting Machado to third and Didi back to short and then you see what you do with Andujar you either stick him at the H and put Stanton in left field or you see if he could pick up first base and it's a lot to ask like hey improve your defense at third base but also maybe learn left field or first base. So I don't know how that would work, but I'd like to hang on to him if, if we're not going to, I don't want to trade him just because it's like, okay, we have another position because it's going to work itself out. Like you said, either player at first base, it wouldn't surprise me if they hit 30 homers next year or no homers. Well, maybe not none, but if they combine <laughs> for like 10 homers, would it really surprise you? And like Luke Voigt and Greg Bird combined to hit like 200. Wouldn't be that shocking. Yeah. Um, so you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have a proven bat and, uh, you know, see if you can move over. I mean, his range isn't great, but he can pick it. And at first base, you could really live with a double clutch because you're not really turning on that many balls. It's a pretty easy, pretty easy position to play. Only losers play there. <laughs> I play first base. I think, I think whoever's listening got that. Yeah, yeah. No, but nobody listens to us that doesn't know who we are. Latino <laughs> played first base, and he's the best. So, it's the best position to play. Yeah, I'm this is episode twenty-four for T- Sean's Tino. I would call it the Cano episode, but that would just start a fight between us. Uh, how, anyway. many, how many? How many rings does Cano have? He has one. <sighs> T 
Tarantino. There you go again, highlighting my argument. Someone only wins one ring, and let's hold it against him because people thought he didn't hustle when in reality he sacrificed maybe four infield hits a year and was a dominant bat. Tano only missed five games after Benitez. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, well, Cano played 160 games a year. So did Tino. <laughs> All right. He played first base. That's a hard position to play. Austin Romine said that when he played, when he played for, imagine how bad things were that Austin Romine was playing first base. By the way, that it, it was more demand, the most demanding day of uh, in his career. <laughs> imagine how bad things were when Austin Romine was pitching in a playoff game. Ah, uh, sure, that happened. That's right. But let's <laughs> let's not talk about that. Anyway. Um, so what do you want to do next? We have a couple of holiday-themed discussions that I think well, we're wait, going to before, talk before about. We, oh, oh, go, yeah, yeah. Get out of the real world. Get out of the real world. Um, what did you think of the Astros and the Brantley signing? Because he was a guy I kind of had my eye on, maybe filling in left field, even though Cashman thinks we have a left fielder, which we don't. Um, I would have definitely given two years to a guy like that. I mean, lefty bat in Yankee Stadium. Seems like he's healthy again. Um, what do you think? Yeah, two years, thirty-two million. I think it was. That's that's not bad at all. McCutcheon got three years, um, so you know, obviously Brantley has the injury concerns as he had two surgeries. But I mean, he played in one hundred forty-three games. I think it was last year, and the the numbers were great. The exit velocity was the highest it's been since um, what was it, twenty fifteen? I think was when he had that monster year before the surgery started. And you look at. Um, you look at his X stats, which is like um, statistical projections based purely on like launch angle, exit velocity, quality of contact, and all his stats are projected even higher. So you could say he even ran his, into some bad luck at times last year, and his numbers could have been even better than what they were. And uh, what, what he hit 17 home runs last year, so that was his second highest of his career. Put that in yep. Yankee Stadium, and that could, 25 homer guy, yeah. That could have gone up even more. So yeah, I, I would have loved to see uh, to see Brantley in left field. Of course, then you're adding another outfielder with injury concerns. But I mean, after after a full year, and Brantley's second half, looking at his numbers, was just as good as his first half. So I think the durability concern was kind of put to rest. He didn't seem to run out of gas at all. So I, I would have liked I would have liked to have seen them go after him. Hopefully, that means they didn't because they're still quietly lurking on Harper. That would be nice, but yeah, I I, I would have really liked the the Brantley. Um, I would have really liked them to go out and get Brantley because I think they definitely do need another outfielder. If she, well, Shane Robinson won't play this year, but if he does, I'll kill somebody. Don't jinx us. <laughs> I try not to. So speaking of um, Mr. Robinson, uh, Festivus, as you know, is coming up, and while we can't do feats of strength via Skype, <laughs> um, I can lift my laptop. You could. I'm sure you could pin me, though. I mean, let's let's, let's be real here. Um, We can have an airing of grievances, though, and talk about the ways that people disappointed us this year. And to keep it short, why don't we pick one each of a member? It could be a player, a coach, um, front office guy, the owners, even a broadcaster. Let's air our grievances. Let's pick one person to air the grievances about. In the spirit of Festivus, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I mean, mine's so obvious. We've been we've been airing grievances about it for the last three episodes. I'll go with the ownership in Hal Steinbrenner and being the richest franchise in sports or in, in the sport. I think the fourth or sixth richest in in all of sports. 
according to the latest Forbes projections. I think that was a few months ago. But anyway, to have that much money and to be talking still about this luxury tax nonsense that we've been hearing for so long, not to mention, oh, time out, time oh wait, I'm out. sorry. How much did, did you see how much the Red Sox had to pay? I was, just, I was just getting into that. So they paid about the price it is to pay for Brett Gardner right now, and they dropped 10 spots in the draft from, I think, 23 to 33, which based on a bunch of research done by people smarter than me means very little. And, and that that microscopic penalty don't don't even take into account all the revenue they brought in from the extra playoff games and the world series games and the world series gear that they get to sell and and people eat up forget all of that i mean i feel like if you incorporate that they probably still made made money and completely offset those microscopic penalties so anyway that's even more fuel to my grievance that a team that has even more money than that is um, for whatever reason penny pinching and and what is one of the most critical free agent markets in in recent memory for them when they're trying to get to where the Red Sox just got and win a World Series. Very good. Good, Aaron. Thank you. I feel better. All right, good. I am going to surprise you because I know you're going to think I'm going to say Aaron Boone. That's who I did think you were going to say, yeah. But I'm not going to say him. I would like to air my grievances about Sonny Gray. I mean, that would probably be my second guess. <laughs> There's a couple other options, but I his whole season was just such a disaster. And, and that's not even what bothers you. It's not like he, oh, he's going out. Like, remember the year Mike Messina just stunk for, like, no reason? 2007, I think. Yeah. But he was trying stuff. He would show, like, Sonny Gray would, like, laugh as he was getting bombed out of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> he had a mental midget who couldn't pitch in New York. And... Then half the time he's saying all this like asinine shit about how he's the best pitcher in the league and all of his stupid quotes. And then he he's, has the thing with the, the, the tweets getting unearthed and he's comfortable with who he is. I'll tell you what, you don't look comfortable when you're out on the mound at Yankee Stadium, Sonny Gray. You don't look comfortable with who you are. <laughs> and you ruin my bachelor party. And you ruin a bunch of other, other days, too, when I'm sitting at work. And I'm saying I'm going to stream the Yankee game today, and then it's seven nothing after two innings because you can't <laughs> pitch out of anything. So I'm airing my grievances about Sonny Gray. You're not one of the best pitchers in the league, and I mean, just you know, I don't wish you any luck in wherever you find a job. I just hope it gets something good back in return. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say Brian Cashman probably had a similar airing of grievances, given the way he's been so adamant and transparent about how badly they want to ship him out of town so i think that was cashman's uh festivist choice for airing of the grievances as well but um all right so what was our next christmas topic best yankees related christmas gifts we've ever received i think it was yeah we'll move on from um we'll move on from festivist and go go to christmas which is you know two days later so uh, do you have any Yankee gifts in mind that you've gotten over the years that um, either meant a lot to you or you you really like? And you know what are they? Well, first, I think we should, as we know, we have an incredible amount of choices to choose from because that's basically the only thing we get each other at at Christmas is Yankees related items and gifts. But 
you know, think I, I kept thinking about like things I got at Christmas time, and I was kind of coming up empty. And then you realize that so many of our Christmas gifts came in October and things like that. Because uh-huh. just last year, Dad's Christmas gift to me was a ticket to the wild card game, and that's pretty tough to beat considering how that game turned out. And then eight years before that, our Christmas gift came all the way in April when we went to the first game at the new Yankee Stadium. So those were those were two top notch gifts that are are hard to compete with. But trying to think of like an actual gift i received on christmas my fiance well you know it's my fiance but others might not ashley got me um an andy pettit 96 world series jersey a road jersey too to commemorate his game five start in fulton county stadium so that was pretty awesome that's probably one of my favorite jerseys i have and it's a clutch jersey yeah so i mean that's the one i can think of but i I guess i would have to say the 2017 wild card game just because of that whole experience and how it turned out yeah that, that's pretty cool i mean i remember as kids um 98 99 2000 getting the world series video for christmas every year yeah uh, 99 was the year i was really sick and i remember watching it first before you because i didn't get to go out to like the family <laughs> but I, I watched it first and then rewatched it when you guys got home <laughs> um but yeah that's um that's pretty that, that that's one of them um you know Two years ago, after the 2016 season, my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, got me an Aaron Judge shirt. And um, I was like a little surprised that it wasn't Sanchez because Sanchez had the big 2016. But I was still happy because, you know, obviously he's one of the baby bombers. And and I was really excited, um, you know, to start getting back into this kind of young squad. And that kind of, for me, was the first, the first, um, kind of apparel i got for the new squad so that 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 one is is one that i I really like um and then i thought it was cool last year when we i think we both got each other and the stanton jersey and stuff like that just like kind of like but we all thought of the same thing at the same time so that was definitely fun but um i was not involved in the wild card game last year unfortunately because of school but uh that would definitely be one of them yeah uh, well but but i I just i remember getting the world series videos and watching them like on christmas like after we get back from grandma and grandpa's house so that that would probably be number one for me well don't feel bad because you missed out on the wild card game but i'm the one who missed out on game three of the alds that year with with the bird home run which uh i was in class for the first it's so stupid i had class for like the first half inning of that game so obviously i couldn't make the drive down and stupid reasons like that but anyway that is a good well, tease to you let you know to school and then you got a job covering because you went to school covering the next wild card game so i'd say that's a pretty good trade yeah that, that was a good trade-off but I, I was gonna say that's a good um a good tease to let you know that your gift this year has something to do with that game the wild card game no no the game that i wasn't at the bird home run oh okay that that is a good tease yeah Swing at a drive to right. <laughs> is it a Matt Vaskersian autograph? It's a bo- <laughs> it's a Matt Vaskersian bobblehead, and when you press it, it says it says swing at <laughs> a drive to right. That's that that's would be what, sick. No, it's not that, but that would be sick. Yeah, that that's one of my favorite games I've ever attended. Um, right, all right. So, so not counting Jeter's last game. What's your favorite game you've ever attended? The 2018 wild card game, probably. This year? Yeah. I got to go to the locker room and (laughs) 
I, would, I mean, I just to get to like sit in on a Boone press conference and go down to the field and, you know, stand next to Billy Bean and John Heyman just talking about baseball and then just, I, I don't know. I mean, 2017 was incredible because no one expected them to be there. But for for some reason, the crowd was even louder in 2018. And then just yeah. to like go and be a part of that champagne celebration was uh, was pretty incredible. I felt like this year, even though the Yankees got off to a fast start with the judge homer, the game was more intense later until um, until they triple. got the yeah they got the trying in there uh, later in the game. But yeah, I'm, it's hard to beat that experience for sure. I feel like that would be a t- it's close between those two wild card games, and then I get I mean I guess the other one would be the '99 ALCS Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, one of the I see. I always like just speaking of quality of game. I always like pitchers duel. We went to that game in 05 when Randy Johnson uh, oh, yeah. beat Tim Wakefield nothing. That was pretty cool. The uh, Chimming Wong game was great, too, against Boston. Oh, Mom was wondering when they were going to bring Jabba in while Chimming Wong was throwing a no-hitter <laughs> against the Red Sox. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. All right. Well, I don't think anyone cares about our favorite games anymore. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe they do. Hopefully some of our listeners were there at those games. Considering we like you said we know all of our listeners, they were probably at a bunch of them. Pro- yeah, probably. They probably were there with us and that's <laughs> that's the only reason they're listening. That's it. So, uh what are you looking forward to this coming week that is uh to get you through the off season? This is pretty easy yeah, week. Yeah, this is this is an easy one. I would I would say the Knicks are in No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> Christmas uh Christmas is on Tuesday, so I'm looking forward to Seeing everybody, seeing family, uh, playing a bunch of board games, and hopefully playing some some kind of basketball or something while I'm in town. Um, so yeah, just looking forward to be uh, to being back home in Jersey and seeing everybody. Nice, cool. Yeah, I uh, I will not be seeing everybody because uh, we had dog surgery. Kamora had her ACL surgery, just like Mariano Rivera. Expect to make a full recovery, come back uh-huh. dominating. Um. <laughs> But we have to take shifts watching her still, so I'm I'm only going to be able to stop by uh, Grandma's for a little while on Christmas Day. So uh, I'm looking forward to probably watching Die Hard while my wife is at her family's house on Christmas Eve and, and spending Christmas Eve that way. Nice, Die Hard. And I'm looking great... forward to maybe Manny Machado news dropping just before Christmas, maybe maybe on Saturday. That if if we had a podcast next year and again revisited our favorite Yankees Christmas gifts, that would immediately become one of the top ones. Okay, that can't argue there. All right, well uh, we'll see if next week if the holidays brought at the Yankees any good fortune in the form of Manny Machado. But uh, next time we come back, we'll be the day after Christmas, so then probably do some kind of New Year's resolution thing or something like that, and then hopefully by the end of the holidays, some more hot stove news will kick in, so we can have more guests on to talk about it. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great holiday, and uh, Sean, I will see you in person this weekend. Sounds good. See you this weekend. All right, bye, everybody. Bye-bye.